Lord God, this life has a way of knocking us down. But we know that we're not knocked out because we have you. Teach us today, Lord, what it means to make a comeback by your power and your grace. For Jesus' sake, amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are in a sermon series called Here Comes Life. The idea being that life comes at you fast and sometimes it isn't very kind. Life brings its own array of troubles and challenges and trials. So today's theme is comebacks. Do you know someone who made a comeback after life knocked them down? Maybe it was even yourself. There have been any number of examples of comebacks in history. One of the greatest, I think, is the story of Abraham Lincoln. Many, of course, consider him the greatest president in American history. Of course, he led the country through its greatest moral and military crisis. He essentially saved the country from destruction and directed it toward restoration. But some may not be aware that he had gone through his own personal trials and troubles and God helped him make a comeback. Lincoln grew up in meager circumstances. He also failed at business, not once, but twice. He also had what most would call a nervous breakdown during the course of his life. He ran for Congress, and he lost. He lost twice when he ran for the Senate, and he lost as a vice presidential candidate. How many knockdowns can you take? But then, of course, we know the rest of the story. Lincoln was then elected the 16th president of the United States. He led the country to reconciliation, and he won re-election. His leadership acumen, his political skill, and his remarkable outstanding speeches all contributed to his amazing comeback. To use a, an example of someone a little more close to uh, our own time, I like the story of George Foreman. George Foreman, the boxer. After a, a very troubled childhood, George Foreman took up amateur boxing and he actually won the gold medal in the heavyweight division at the 1968 Summer Olympics for the United States. Having turned professional the next year, he then won the world heavyweight title by defeating Joe Frazier in 1973. Some of us remember that. He successfully defended his title two more times. But then came his knockdown. In 1974, George Foreman suffered his first professional defeat. And what a major defeat it was. A devastating loss to Muhammad Ali in what was called the Rumble in the Jungle. Remember that fight? Unable to secure another title opportunity, George Foreman then retired after another loss in 1977. George Foreman then had something of a religious epiphany, and he actually ended up becoming an ordained Christian minister, served a church in Houston, Texas. Then, ten years later, ten years later, George Foreman announced a comeback and in 1994, at age 45, in the boxing world, that's an old man, 
At age 45, he regained his place as the world heavyweight champion by knocking out 27-year-old Michael Moore. To this day, George Foreman remains the oldest heavyweight champion in history. He retired in 1997 at the age of 48 with a final record of 76 wins and five losses. It's a pretty impressive comeback story. Let me ask you, how do you get up after life knocks you down? You know it does. Perhaps it already has in your case. We may get knocked down, but we need to understand we never get knocked out. For, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus our Lord, with God's help, we can indeed make a comeback when life knocks us down. But how do we do that? I want to suggest a few things for you. Number one, how do we make a comeback? Remember that Jesus is in the ring of life with you. He doesn't tell you, okay, you're on your own now. I made you, you're, I'm... You know, I I set you off on your path and you're on your own. No, Jesus climbs into the ring of life with you. And he takes the hits along with you. You see, Jesus fully understands what it means to suffer. He knows exactly what it's like to be knocked down. After all, he experienced the most horrible knockdown anyone could ever imagine. He suffered beyond anything we will ever suffer as he gave his life on the cross. Even prior to his crucifixion, the brutal beatings and whippings just about took his life. And then to be hung from a cross by nails, it was the worst torture the world could invent. On top of all of that, he took all of our sins on himself and was damned for them by God the Heavenly Father. You talk about a knockdown. Jesus knows what that's all about. And the writer to the Hebrews reminds us to keep our eyes on that reality. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. He's essentially saying, when you've been knocked down, look to Jesus. He will help you make a comeback. You see, at the cross, at the cross, Jesus Christ took care of our very worst problem of all. He paid for our sins, sins that would that would take us all the way to hell if we didn't have a Savior. But he removed them by his own death. He took the punishment we deserve. But on that cross, we also can draw strength from him for our everyday living, for our experiences of suffering and and knockdowns that come our way. We can look to him and draw strength from his suffering. A number of years ago, there was a member here at Shepherd of the Desert, uh, a woman by the name of Marge Bevington. She lived in the Westminster Village right down the road here. By the, near the end of her life, she was in excruciating pain and there didn't seem to be anything doctors could do to relieve it. And in one of my last visits to her in bringing her communion, this is the statement she made about her suffering. She said, when I think about how much Jesus suffered for me, My troubles 
don't seem so bad. She was a remarkable woman of faith and is with the Lord now. How do you get back up after life knocks you down? First of all, remember, Jesus is in the ring of life with you. He knows what you're going through. Secondly, how do you get back up when you've been knocked down? Believe in your heart and mind that God is good and that he cares about your troubles. Believe that he is good and that he cares about your troubles. We heard this verse read by Pastor John last week. I'm going to repeat it. Romans 8 verse 28 where Paul reminds us we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. God is good and he's always working for the good of those who love him. He's never working against us. I love that story in today's gospel reading from Mark chapter 4. Did you hear that story of, of Jesus and his disciples out on the boat on the Sea of Galilee when that furious storm kicks up? And what's Jesus doing in the middle of the storm? Sleeping in the rear, in the stern of the boat. Sleeping. The disciples get all frightened by the storm and they see Jesus sleeping and, and they say to him, Teacher, Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? They observe him sleeping, and and what do they do? They conclude that by his posture, Jesus doesn't care about them. He doesn't care about them at all. In reality, they were misreading Jesus' posture as uncaring. And I think a lot of people do that today about God. When they're going through their suffering, they conclude God must not care. God must not have a concern for me. But let me point out a few facts from this story. First of all, take note, Jesus is in the boat with them. He didn't stay back on the shore and say, all right, you go out on the sea and you deal with the storm by yourselves. He's in the boat with them. Secondly, the fact that Jesus is asleep in the boat is not an indication that he doesn't care. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's an indication that he is completely in control of the situation. Jesus wasn't even going to lose any sleep over this little storm. And he doesn't lose any sleep over the storm that you're going through either, friend. And then notice what he does. In this story, he calms two storms. He calms the external storm blowing around them, the wind and the waves. But maybe more significantly, he calms the storm going on inside his disciples' hearts. He calms them with his love, his grace, his presence, the reassurance that he's in control. We need to believe that God is good and that he always cares about your troubles. He's right there in the boat with you. Thirdly, when you've been knocked down, how do you get back up? Trust God to help you. Trust God to help you. Place your trust in him that he truly will help you. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. I love that story from the Old Testament reading for today about the prophet Daniel. Daniel. A holy man, a godly man who prayed to the Lord regularly. And some evil, wicked, conniving men arranged for him to be thrown into a den of lions. And they tricked the king into having Daniel put in that den of hungry lions. What does Daniel do? Panic? 
No. He simply trusts his God to help him. And God honors his trust, sends an angel to protect him, brings him out safely at the end of that ordeal. You know, if you think about it, the greatest comeback story of all was demonstrated for us by, the, by another one who was put into a den, so to speak. Just as Daniel's lion's den had a stone rolled over it to cover the, the entrance, Jesus, too, was put into a den, if you will, with a stone rolled over it after he'd been put to death on the cross. Dead and buried and laid in that tomb. From all human perspective, no hope whatsoever. He had been knocked down and it's presumably knocked out for good. But what happened? What happened was the greatest comeback of all. Jesus came back to life on that third day, rose from the dead, conquering the power of death and and the devil and sin and all evil. And what I want us to understand, friends, is that Jesus, who came back that way, come back power when we need it. He gives us the power of his resurrection to deal with whatever kind of knockdowns we experience in life. This is what Paul is talking about. For example, when he writes these words to the Ephesians, he says, I pray also that you may know God's incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power that brought Jesus back to life is the same power that is inside of you when you've been knocked down. He basically says the same thing to the Philippians in chapter 3 of that letter. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. He gives us resurrection power, power to come back when we've been knocked down. And take note, this is God's power. This is not our power. This isn't something that we bring up from within ourselves like some Eastern religions teach, that there's a divine spark within you and you bring up your own power from within. No, we have no power of our own. It's God's power. He has placed that power within us on account of his son, Jesus Christ. He has given us a message, the message that the choir sang about, that good news message, the message of a crucified and living Savior, Jesus Christ, who grants us our salvation. That message is a treasure that we carry within our bodies, within our souls, within our hearts and minds. And that's a treasure that no one can take away. But watch what Paul says about that treasure in his second letter to the Corinthians. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The jars of clay are bodies. Yes, these bodies are frail, fragile, easily broken. We do have our downfalls, our knockdowns. But the power that is inside of us is what sustains us. And that power is Christ's resurrection power. Have you been knocked down? Do you need to get back up? Trust God to help you by his almighty resurrection power. And number four, finally, when you've been knocked down, how do you get back up again? How do you make a comeback? View your knockdowns as opportunities to grow. 
Sometimes we view our knockdowns as, as just that, as knockouts. When in fact, they are opportunities for us to grow even stronger in our faith in God. This is what James is talking about when he says in his letter, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we get knocked down, when trials come our way, God uses all of that to strengthen us. He even uses all of that to purify our faith and make it even more genuine. This is what Peter is writing about in his first letter. We heard it in the epistle lesson a moment ago. In talking about the resurrection hope that we have, he says, in this you greatly rejoice. And then he goes on to say, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that, catch this, so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, that your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You may know that gold is refined by fire. The impurities are burned off by the heat, and the result is pure gold. Likewise, friends, our faith is purified in the crucible of the knockdowns of life. Our faith is made more definite and genuine when we come through those trials and continue to trust in God we come out even stronger. So let me ask you, has life knocked you down? Has life knocked you down? It's time for a comeback, friends. We can't be content to stay down. It's time for a comeback. It's time to make whatever decision needs to be made to get back up by the power of God alive within us. It's time to realize that even though we may be down, we're not out that a comeback is possible. By the way, I want a reminder that Pastor John mentioned last week that this app is available for your smartphone from Lutheran Hour Ministries called Project Connect. It contains all different kinds of brochures, including the one that goes along with today's theme, Comebacks. It's available to you electronically, so you can read it for yourself. You can listen to it. It'll play it for you. And then you can also send it to someone you know who's been knocked down, who needs a message of hope, who needs to know how to come back from whatever knockdown they've experienced. By the way, if any of you are experiencing a grief, the loss of a loved one, we have a grief share ministry here that meets on Thursday evenings at 6 o'clock right in this building in the conference room, an opportunity to Deal with your grieving, the loss of a loved one or someone close to you. Let me just ask you, what's your next step? If you've been knocked down, what's your next step? I invite you to consider that it's time to put God's word into practice. Jesus said in Matthew 7, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus has given us his clear word of love, of reassurance, and of hope. 
as some simple takeaways for the message today, I summarized them with these words. First of all, keep in mind, Jesus is with you. He never departs. He never abandons you. He's with you. He understands suffering firsthand. He knows exactly what you're going through. He is always good. He always cares. And yes, he can help. Call upon him. Maybe life has knocked you down, but it hasn't knocked you out. Remember, with Jesus, there is always a comeback. And we await our final comeback on the last day. Amen. May the peace